And now, detailing success in PNS Double Black present the Rennie Doyle Podcast, a podcast for blue-collar entrepreneurs. Hosted by the detailer of Air Force One and founder of both detailing success and the detail mafia, Rennie Doyle. Sorry, sorry. Anthony's over here swatting at flies, you know. Hey, good <laughs> how y'all doing? <laughs> doing good. Doing, how I'm, you doing? I'm doing good. Good. You know? Uh, I'm, sitting, I'm sitting down for a podcast. Usually I don't sit down. Yeah, well, the good news is you're short enough. I don't think anybody can tell the difference. Damn. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> God, really? I mean, he just starts just like that. He's got to zip them off, right? You know, I, I just, okay, I'm, you're going to go there. Be ready. Be I'm ready. sorry. I, I can resist. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Anyway, well, it was a nice podcast now that I'm completely destroyed, you know, and yeah, that doesn't bother me. Um, hey, good morning, everybody. This is one of my favorite um I like these open kind of Q and A's is we get a lot of, of good. Now I, I always, I hear this back as some of these things are kind of repeat and juvenile or, you know, freshman level. Hey man, we're all new at one time. And if you think that you, you know, it all, even at the base, I, I go back to ground zero all the time because we're constantly starting up a new service or, uh, or a new business or a new sector, whatever it is. And you got to go back to those fundamentals and practice those fundamentals when you're starting something new. Uh, or even offering a new service. So I, I you know, anybody just kind of have that mindset when you go into this that, yeah, there are going to be questions coming from newer people, but can you take some of that back to when you're starting or maybe even you're going to restart your platform? You know, you're going to start charging more, going after a different customer, whatever it is, is you got to think about it like that. Now, I'm going to warn everybody, we are in fly season in the mountains <laughs> is that we had to go get fly more fly killers uh yesterday it seems to be working but we're we got i mean it was like uh remember the old uh movie the birds uh, now we're going way back you know it was alfred hitchcock uh you know movie with all the, you know these birds coming in man it's like we've got that many flies right now it's just they're everywhere so hey before we jump in um we're going to take and have we we're hosting a class right now so we got our five day going I'm going to jump out of the way, and each one of them are going to, they're all going to jump up here and just look into the green light and uh, introduce themselves and where they're from. So I'm going to jump out of the way so they can say hi to everybody. Take all right. Sounds good. In. Go ahead, guys. Anthony Aguilar, uh, Revive Auto Solutions out of El Paso, Texas. Chris Lyons with Lyons Automotive Detailing out of uh, Humboldt County, California. Good morning, everyone. Justin Archer, San Luis Obispo, West Coast Detailing. Happy to be here. Cool. Good morning. Richard Hernandez from Las Vegas, Nevada, Retro Cleaning and Detailing. Good morning. Uh, Zach Chauvin, uh, Tilbury Auto Shine out of uh, Ontario, Canada. How old are you? 17. Ha <laughs> <laughs> uh, Good morning. Corey Chauvin, uh, Tilbury, Ontario, Canada. I'm Zach's dad. Just tagging along because he's 17 and uh, it's quite the travel from Canada and need here. to be with them. <laughs> and here we are. And here we are. And here we oh, are. That's awesome. Yeah. So cool. All right. So uh, we're going to jump into this. Now, I'm going to also warn you because I put lotion on this morning and it seems the flies oh, love, <laughs> love the lotion. You know, as I'm going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to try. Yeah. Just sit there and fan me. Um, it's, it's pretty crazy. So, hey, you know, uh, regarding what you were talking about a little while ago about, about questions and, and, maybe you know sounding like we answered these before or whatever there might be a different answer today than there was you know six months ago too 
Well, you bet, because I've got all these these trench warfare entrepreneurs coming in at various ages, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that are are, ask, are are asking these questions and having solutions. So we, we learn from the people that are here. Uh, it's amazing what I take away. And we're saying that no trainings are alike anymore, you know, and that's a great that's a great response to it. So uh, cool. Well, let's jump into it. So um, we've got uh, a couple and then we got questions here. I think a couple people posted a really good one. Um, on the app and so we'll uh we'll have them ask that live man see these flies are just crazy <laughs> yeah i got i got i got that one i got that one queued up because i got a i got at least a, a half dozen here to get us started that, that were sent in right so, on. um first one came from uh andy van order he's out in oregon and uh he asked are there any tips for those struggling with balancing family versus work life ways to make it easier so, you know, it, it, it's going to be first off, it's going to be just like anything we, we happen to. And I'm guilty of this. I'm not preaching the choir and I'm still guilty of this. You know, I've tried to do better through the years and I have, but I go through periods where I don't is that it's it's dedication to making that happen. It's commitment to making that happen. You got to be committed and you got to decide that, hey, this is this is my boundary. So it's setting up your boundaries. Hey, what days do you work? You know, is the first thing and put it, write it down. Is that, hey, I work, I'm only going to work Tuesday through Friday or Tuesday through Saturday. I'm going to take two days a week off, you know, all these different things. And the next thing is, what hours am I going to work? And am I going to stick hard to that? And then also uh, uh, is, is what are the circumstances that I'll break those? Is that what will, uh, what, what will I allow myself to go ahead and work an extra day or two uh, or, work an ex- or work extra time? What allows that? And then this is something that I, I, I learned years ago when I was running shops is when I did that is that and I passed this on to our, to our leadership in our company is that is we would take and set the limit on how much overtime we would work in a month. And once we hit that, we couldn't we couldn't go over that because that was our personal boundary. And so what it did is it really made us choose. We had we had to look at every opportunity and say, God, is this really worth me eating up my 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 time? Because. We And it wasn't about I didn't want to pay my guys. It was that we all of us decided that we're successful enough not to work over overtime, that we wanted a life that, you know, there's a lot of, of young people that worked with us that were into that hobbies and, and, and families and, and extended families and boyfriends, girlfriends, all that stuff. Right. And so we wanted them to live that life that made a huge impact is setting it down. There's an old story of the, the, the fishbowl. And, you know, how you organize your life. A lot of people build a business and then fit life in. Most of us do that. I was, that's how I started mine. We had to, a survival, right? It's got to pay the bills. But there's an old story is that if you're going to fill a fish tank the right way, and if that fish tank is, is your life, is what you got to do is before you put anything in there is you put the boulders in there. And a lot of the boulders that, you know, your wife, your spouse, your parents, your, your friends, your hobbies, but the one boulder that people leave out is themselves is we're, we're able to punish ourselves. I'm going to punish me instead of my kids. I'm going to, which is a good theory. But the problem is when you abuse yourself for so long, now it sets you up for, for trouble later on. And so the first thing to put in that, that fish tank is the big boulders, including your boulder. And then after you put the big boulders in, that's the most important things. The bigger the item is, the more important it is, right? So put those boulders in. Then the next thing is, is, is all the pebbles. That's all your family, you know, not kids, your extended family, your friends, your hobbies, 
Um, working out, for instance, isn't a hobby. That's a way of life, especially because we're blue collar and we work with our hands. You've got to keep yourself physically fit and able. Is if you don't, it's going to impact your everything. It's going to impact your livelihood and it's going to pick, uh, impact your, your lifestyle. So we fit all these, these the smaller rocks in there next. Then we pour the sand in. That's all of our customers, right? That, that, that's how we make a living. And we pour that sand in and we put a nice sandy bottom. That's a good foundation on the bottom. Then you pour your water in. That's everything else. That's the air that you breathe. That's the, that's the whole rest of the world. If you do it opposite and you put all the water in, and then you start trying to, you put all the pebbles in, there's no room for the boulders. And most of us as entrepreneurs, we don't prioritize and we don't set the boundaries <laughs> up front. So the first thing to do is address to yourself, how much time can I literally take off for myself and family? Okay. If you're in a position, even if you're broke, to me, I never, I rarely worked six, uh, seven days a week. Constantly for many years, six days a week during the busy time. Never year round did I work six days a week. Never, 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 never. I always, I always took rest because what's going to happen is there's, you know, so many people will quit. That's why by, by year 10 um, in most industries and in blue collar industries like ours is probably, it, you know, the government says 70% of businesses fail by year 10. They're not looking at that. That, that, that that's on a sliding scale. That's including a lot of different, that's everything. That's every business. If you look at the blue collar side of this, especially detailing that's a low entry you know business doesn't cost a lot don't have to have a lot of education and this and that it's far far greater and a lot of that a lot of that 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 90 80 or 90 percent that fail by your 10 is due to burnout is that you quit and and what a lot of people don't realize is that they don't learn to rest instead of quitting is they go 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 and then they start facing burnout and they go, 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 and then they start hyper-concentrating on things. And then they go, 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 and then they hate what they do. And then they go, 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 and it's gone. It's gone. So, Andy, the best thing to do is you've got to list out your priorities. We all know the family is, but you've got to schedule. And this is what I'm doing with my schedule for next year. I'm going to do it next week, is I am blocking out my time that I want for myself. And when I say myself, it's, everything, it's my boulders. You know, it's my boulders. And so I'm, I'm blocking out that time. Some of it's just a lot of it is I'm going to take a lot of, of, of three-day weekends. I'm taking, you know, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday to myself because my wife's off Friday, Saturday, Sunday, right? So we like to go do things. And so I'm going to go ahead and go through many of the weeks and block out that. And then other weeks, I'm going to block out four-day weekends so I can go out and take, take the Overland rig out, you know, and enjoy it and go take the horses out and do all these things. So I'm going to go through and do the whole year around all the schedule you know, SEMA, mobile tech, you know, trips that we've got planned, other events, and then and block that out. And if it's blacked out, it means no go. It's just that's not if something pops up in that, it's my decision. Can I move that blackout time to another day? You got to be flexible. You can't just say no. All of a sudden you've got a, an opportunity come up and somebody calls you up and they got a collection of, of 10 vehicles and it's during your blackout time. Well, man, take take that job and then put that blackout time. Go, go erase something else and put that blackout time there. Take that opportunity while you have it. So, Andy, I hope that helped. So, you know, it sounds like it kind of just comes down to learning how to say say no and mm -hmm. and maybe say no more often or or really say yes to the right things. It's here, 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 here's what it goes. What's your limit? What do you, what do you want to work? I mean, I've got, you know, the four-hour work week. It's a great book. If you haven't read that book, it's great. Um, 
there's a great app. I just, I just listened to a couple different um, um, books. I'm, I'm, I'm not paying attention to my phone. Headway is the name of the app that I use. And I, I hit my goals seven days a week on Headway. Is I, it's just a short, audible book app, and it just takes the best parts of a book and, and reads it to you. And I do that every day. And, and, and if you look at the end of the month, it gives you a report on your status and everything else. And I, I'm, I'm doing a, probably the equivalent of a couple books a, a month that way. And, but the best thing is I'm not doing the whole thing. I take so many notes from that app. I mean, I'm only, I think, I think Oscar shared that with me two months ago. I've probably got at least a hundred to 150 notes just, 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 just in the last eight weeks. So it's worth it. One of the things I did is, is, is um, I've really concentrated on people that hyper concentrate their weeks. We talked about that earlier is segmenting is a lot of us waste time. A lot of us and the biggest time that in, in our society right now is getting on social media, you know, and, and screwing around. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. And if you ignore all, and that's what this headway app says, ignore social media. I mean, that's when they pop up and send you a reminder, it says ignore social media. It's time to it's time to hit your goal. Well, that's brilliant because I'm sure it keeps people engaged in their app and keeps people, you know, paying for it. But if you think about it, they're right. Ignore social media. What is social media doing for you? I come in and get out. I try to go in and, and do, give my condolences and I try to go in and do five birthday wishes a day, you know, just in general. I go into our group, do something, and I'm out. I may be on, 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 on Facebook maybe five minutes a day and on Instagram probably about 15 minutes a day because I, I like it better. Um, and, it, it, and it's also some me time because I look up on Instagram, I, I play a little more. You know, and it's at night. It's on my time. I look up car stuff. I look up funny stuff. I look up horse stuff. Um, all the things that I really like is that's that's what I look up. You know, there's some cute girls. You got to because you're scrolling through. Ooh, wow. OK. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, wow. OK. You know, I mean, it's that's that's nature. You know, uh, I found a real I found I find a lot of funny stuff to send my wife. My wife sends me funny stuff. We like it. It's our it's our downtime. Right. My daughter, same way. Darren and I do it. And so it's all scheduling out that time. But it's dedication to it. Cool. All right. <clears throat> Next. Uh, one. Get, listen, Frank just said needed to hear this. That's cute. That's that's cute. I just read it. That's, <laughs> that's cool. And I just read Dominic Dominic is in the queue jesus okay cool yeah i uh I, I got one lined up for him in a little bit but uh next one up is romero torres he says i've joined mm. my local chamber of commerce he's up in northern california uh he says but i haven't gotten much of a response or activity from them any mm. pointers to help get the ball rolling in a chamber of commerce without much presence so they're not like maybe super active gotcha uh first off well, one of my Romero is one of my favorite guys in the world. He has got one of the best attitudes and outlooks of anybody I've ever met. And I've met a lot of people. Romero is such a loving soul that I learn a lot from him when I'm around him because he's gentle. Does that make sense? When he's around people, he's got a gentle, I'm sure. I mean, I wouldn't mess with the guy. He's pretty physical. Right. But I don't mean on that standpoint. This is, that's not, it's, it's, he's gentle in his approach to people. He's so appreciative and I've never seen him not smile. Never. Now I'm sure he goes home. And there's another story. His wife could probably tell me, you know, 
the other side of him. All of us could do that. But I'm telling you in public, the guy, and with his family, I've seen him with his family, and he's amazing. So tribute to that. Second tribute is that Oscar mm. is, is a master at this. He, he took what, I, what I, we were talking about when he came to training. He's already involved in it. I've been involved with Chambers for, a, for most of my life. Oscar took it to another level. So I'm gonna, a lot of what I'm going to share comes from that, paying, paying credit forward, is what I've learned from, from watching Oscar work. <clears throat> First off, go into your chamber. Most people go in with the attitude of, what am I going to get out of this? And, and so really what I found at a young age was that was not the right outlook, is that you've got to look at it as, what am I going to give to this? And what I mean is that's a community event. Most people aren't successful, and a lot of chambers struggle with this because they're looking at it from a selfish standpoint of what can I get out? So what do I mean by what am I going to give? I'm going to try to find, when I go to a, a, a chamber meeting, most people stop there. They go to the chamber meeting, and they meet somebody that usually gravitate to the people we, we know. You know, A lot of times when you go in, you know nobody. And you meet one or two people in the next meeting, what do we do? We go and hang out with that person so i had a guy is a seasoned um well-seasoned entrepreneur i was probably 20 or 21 i was at my second chamber meeting in grand terrace town next to where i grew up a little higher scale uh town than where i was right and so i i did i had a lot of business come out of there i went to another one in redlands which was even higher scale but i had this i had this uh i had this seasoned entrepreneur come up and he was in, he was a real estate broker there in town had been that uh, ended up that I didn't know it. He didn't know it, but our families knew each other from way back in the day. And he goes, Hey son, I want to teach you something. And he goes, you know, when you get here, they all have this finger food. And he says, I want you to put two items on your plate. When you meet somebody, you munch as you're talking, you munch on those items and then you use it to say, Oh, time to go get more food. And you go back, you get two more pieces and you go meet somebody new. <laughs> And he says, so every two pieces of cauliflower, every two pieces of broccoli is you go and you meet somebody new. And he says, then your goal is when you come back the next week is you have a lead for one of those people, business lead for one of those people in their business is you have an opportunity for them. When you start feeding other people in the chamber business, you're going to find out right away who's a player and who's just posing and who's there for themselves. And the second thing is, is that when there's a ribbon cutting or there's an open house, because a lot of chambers. So flash forward, I use that all of our, the whole way through every business I've owned. So we get here back to Big Bear, okay? We, we moved back from Idaho to here. This chamber kind of sucked, okay? So I needed to get in and, and meet people, you know, and, and find resources for our life, for our businesses. So I joined and we made an impact is what we did is we went and brought energy to kind of a down chamber. And, and what happened was all of a sudden, a lot of other people saw that energy and they took off a lot of locals that had far more reach and impact than I did is they started getting that energy. And that was, it was one of the greatest chambers I've ever belonged to within six months. But here's the thing. I went to every ribbon cutting, cutting. I went to the general meeting, but then if they were having an open house, which they had every week, I was there. Every single open house, I was there. And every time I went to an open house I, or an event with the chamber, I tried to have a, a legitimate lead for somebody for their business. And I tried really hard. Sometimes it was just like going up to them and saying, hey, man, have you have you met their, their, their mechanic? OK, let's say they're a mechanic. Have you gone out and met Nick? 
you know, the, at Valerio in the village? He goes, yeah. He goes, you know, he's kind of a competitor. So, man, he's always busy. Maybe, maybe you guys could work together and some of the stuff. I would just make a suggestion, you know, and, and it showed the people that I was trying. So you can't just go to the chamber and join and go shake hands and, and meet people. You, you've got to make a big difference, and it's got to be long-term. It's got to be long-term. If it's a dead chamber and it's going nowhere, then be a recruiter for that chamber, you know, because it's going to pay off. Also, you might want to look at what we found out is sometimes the chambers weren't great, but the Rotary Club was. And so sometimes we'd switch gears and we wouldn't go, we wouldn't stick with the, with the chamber. We'd go to the Rotary Club because that's where all the, uh, the movers and shakers were. Sometimes the Rotary Club wasn't good and the chamber was. And so, you, you know, there are some times where it's just dead and it's, you're, not, it, you're, you're, beating a, you're beating a dead fish. And so you've got to go out and do that. So look around your community and see what's better. The, uh, the other thing is, is to, you know, go to everything in your community that is um, service-based. So uh, VFWs, you know, uh, if you've got an opening, why don't you go to your VFW and say, hey, anytime I've got an opening, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna donate. I'm not going to just have downtime. I want to bring one of your, your veterans. I want to bring the car and just do it for no charge. Just give back, start being known as a giver in your community and it's going to pay off, but it takes a long time. And again, most people don't, they don't see it all the way through. They, they, they see that it's not going anywhere. They don't give it their best. They get six, six, eight months in, even if that far and they give up on it. And so I just, you got to, this chamber here, it's, it's sad because the chamber director got, was built up such a reputation that they're hard away from a big city like Santa, Santa Rosa or Santa Barbara. One of theirs, I can't remember what it was, Santa, one of the Santas, you know, here in, in California, um, took them away from here. And everybody's like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? They offered Diane the job as director because we'd made such an impact in there. And we were just too busy at the time with kids and our business that we didn't do it. Uh, and it kind of went downhill. And it really, the new director wasn't as engaging. So we switched, we switched over to, uh, 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 backing up the rotary. The other thing we did is our kids were really into performing arts. Our performing arts here in Big Bear is really connected. I mean, it's a who's who. So we put a lot of effort into that group and we got a lot of business out of that. So I hope that helps. Very cool. Let's see. <clears throat> Robert Carroll, he sent us a couple questions. Uh, this first one is... I'm struggling to get customers to leave me a review, even though they seem very happy with my work. Any suggestions on how to address this? I'm going to tell you how a restaurant just did it with me. I don't, I, I'm not one when I'm at a restaurant to leave a review. You know, the first thing you got to do is make it convenient. You got to make it super easy for them to go over, hit it. Don't, don't, don't make them work for, to, for you. You, you work for them. So uh, we were at a, uh, we were, I was at a restaurant in uh, Tennessee uh, a couple weeks ago and first time there and the 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 uh the wait staff came up to me and she goes how's everything i said oh man it's great ate sushi it was some of the best sushi i'd ever had service was outstanding atmosphere was outstanding um everything was good and she goes isn't this a cool place i said man it is she goes where are you from she engaged so i told her and she's oh man it's cool and i said glad to have you back why don't you come back on your stay well guess what i did i was back there the next night matter of fact out of five nights, I ate there three times, you know, between lunch and dinners. It was good and the service good. So she comes up that first time right before I left. She hands me her card with and it's, it's got a little thank you note written out 
And right in the middle of it is a QR code. And she goes, ma'am, we would really appreciate it if you just go over there real quick. And before you leave, I would much rather want, I'd much rather uh, appreciate a good review than a tip. That's how important our reviews are to us. Well, I'm not going to not tip her. And I'm now, she made a personal contact with me. I'm not going to go over and not, and, and, and she did this. She did it before I was done and she filled up my iced tea again. What did she do? Is she kept me around a little longer. She did it before I was done. So one of the things, Robert, you might want to do is as you're finishing up the detail, if there are so many of us work with customers that aren't present, right, is say, give them an update, shoot them an email or a text, and, or a text is better, and say, hey, we're just about wrapping up your car. I wanted to send you this update, you know, this up before and after, and send them that, and then get them to respond back, and then write them in there and say, hey, we would – Kind of what this gal did to me. We much your your reviews are so important to us. We would rather have a review than a tip. Would you take just a couple minutes, real quick, while I'm finishing your car up, and go over and give us a review? And that the, the key to it is asking for the review. And you and and that that changed my whole approach to get giving reviews. Is that she that whoever I don't know it was just her because the 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 the, the wait staff the next the next two times didn't do that. So what have I gotten another review? Why not give two? You can give two on Google. And you can give as many as you want. Doesn't say, oh, you got it. You stop it. Is that if they, if she would have done the next, if the next wait staff would have treated me the same way as the first one done, I would have probably went on there and given them another five star and a nice little explanation. It took me two minutes to do it. She respected my time. She filled up my tea. And then she saw me go on the app. And all of a sudden she came up with a to-go cup filled with iced tea. She worked me. So you got to work them. I got a, I got a, a couple of thoughts on this too. One, uh, make your ask very personal. Don't just, don't just be like, oh, we love reviews. Please leave us one. Here's the link. You know, connect with them a little bit more when you ask, and uh, and and that that personal message with the ask might really trigger them to take the time to do it. And then the other thing is, uh, do it timely. Um, you, you, you mentioned obviously doing it before it was even done as a possibility, which is very timely, but don't let a lot of time go by the time they pick up their car and they're out the door and the time you ask for that review. Um, you know, we all know that it doesn't take long for these people to sometimes destroy their cars again. And, and they start looking at their car and they just forget about the work they had done. You know, oh yeah, it's, it's gotta be done right to me. And great points. And that brought up another one. You know how she connected with me, Chris, on a personal side? This was before any reviews. This is before the food came out. This was before she got a drink. This was before anything. She came up to me and she had a picture. She had a, a pennant on her on her shirt with her family. And mm. man, I'm, I know how hard it is. My wife waited tables when we first got going in business. I just saw those little kids and that husband and they looked blue collar. And I just... And she was over the top and, and how much tip. Okay. Not only leave the review, but I left her a 25% tip, you know? Um, and so that's a great point. And, and so you've got to personally connect. If you, and what's personally connecting, you know, you, you personally connect. If you're likable, um, let them know that you're a family, let them know you've got a dog, you know, I'm a dog person. If I know you like dogs. God, they, you know, I, I dig it. If I know you're a family, I dig it even more. If I know you, you like animals? I dig it. You know, um, all these connecting points, but family, family and, and our, and our, and our, and our, um, 
you know, whether it be a dog, cat, horses, goat, whatever it is, is part of our family union. And I, and I relate to that very heavily. And so she was the perfect storm. She's got to be a review and tip making machine because she did it right. And so we can do the same things in detailing. No yep. different. Very cool. Hey, have uh, have Justin swing around real quick and, and come on this side of the camera for me. Okay, come here. Come here. Get over here. <laughs> all right, Justin. I had to shorten up your question a little That's bit um, to make it fit. But uh, can you see it okay? Yes, I can. Mm -hmm. why, why don't you go ahead and read it to everybody and, and, and ad lib as you need to. All right. So basically in, in regards to, you know, changing up your business model and having good repeat customers who necessarily don't come around as often as you'd like, but they're good customers. Maybe they come around once a year and in that, in that lies the problem. It's not often enough. Um, you charge them a good amount of money, but not as much as you should because they've been around for so long. You know, you usually treat them well, but they don't take care of their vehicle as well as you'd like. And you're trying to distance yourself from the undesirable vehicles. How would you tell mm. a good customer? And I still consider them a good customer. Not that I don't want to do their car, but maybe bring it back more often. Or I'm just trying to distance myself from that kind of work. This is really cool. That's a cool answer and a, or a cool question. I just had this happen to me in a service business. Uh, so we every we live in the mountains. So every spring, they have to come out and they have to start our sprinkler system up. You know, they purge it in the, in the fall. They, re, they relaunch it. So there's always there's always a, a little bit of a wait time because everybody wants to get their their sprinklers going and also blown out in the fall. So when they freeze, it doesn't ruin your sprinkler system, right? So this year, um, Diane comes to me and the company, we've been using the same company for, for probably, I don't know, 10, 10 12 years, is that um, they've got, I don't know if they sold, but there's been change, positive change. You can see it. Their customer service is better. They came to us and they said, you know, we only see you really twice a year. And we noticed, you know, you're always on a wait list because you get in. We got a program right now. You spend $300 a year with us to come out and start the system and then purchase the system. And they said, we noticed that, you know, your trees need to be trimmed. Um, we noticed that the water, uh, the, the water wasn't quite right. Is that, so you're spending 300 bucks. What we can do is we can put you on, we've got a VIP membership. And what that is, is only $200 more a year than what you're spending right now. But what that includes is we put you on the books right now. So you don't even have to call us is we divided it into two or three payments up to you. And it's all done. We already did it. It was all software. It was effortless on their part. Once they plugged it in, it's, it's, it's play and go. And what they do is they, they showed us, they said, what we're going to come out and do is start your system up in spring. Then we're going to take and we're going to look at your trees and your shrubs and any pruning or trimming that needs to be done. We're going to go and do it right then and there. Okay. And get it done. And then also what we're going to do is we're going to come out midsummer. Uh, right before the real hot season, and we're going to adjust the water flow on, on your plants and make sure that everything's good, adjust the sprinklers, maybe replace some heads and stuff like that. might be a little extra cost. And then in the fall, we're going to do the same thing. We're going to come back, look at your shrubs, make sure everything's pruned to the right going into winter, and shut down your system. And so you will be on – you don't even have to schedule it. It's already scheduled, and you are, are – you're in the top 25 that we do, which means you're going to get it done very early in the season in spring so your plants look better. And you're going to get the systems turned off before there's any possibility of having freeze because this last year we had to replace a couple because we just couldn't get out in time. 
sold. <clears throat> sold. And so what you got to do is explain your program that you've got, the benefits, and it does cost a little more. We spent the money because it made sense. And it also, the, the other thing it really did is, is it's convenient. We don't have to put it on our tickler. We, we, it's, it's thoughtless. And so we already got a text from them uh, this week. I think it was yesterday. That, and they text both of us and said, hey, we're going to be out. We're starting to get into freezing weather. So we're going to start the shutdowns a little early this, this time. Uh, and so here's a link to our scheduler. Uh, if we don't hear from you in a week, we're just going to go ahead and schedule it ourselves. So I went in because I want to go a little more water, you know, on our plants. So I just went in and I went two weeks out because we got nice weather coming. Hit that. It's done. I don't have to do anything. But yet they're getting a third more in money and it's easier for them to maintain our stuff because they're doing it. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So you got to make it convenient and you got to explain the key features and benefits and so on it. Now, the way that we did it in our shop, this is going way back. This is, you know, chisel time. You know, I'm talking about when we, we had to send, we had to send, you know, everything by is I'm not quite that old, but pretty close is that what we would do is, is our shops. We weren't quite as sophisticated. We had those customers we wanted to keep, but their cars did get messy. So I would call, <laughs> we would track it. They come in, you know, once a year, right? And so we would know when it got really bad. So what we did is we said, hey, hey, hey you know, Mrs. Smith, we're, we want to show you something. We've got this program. You know, we notice you, you bring your car in once a year, but it gets pretty dirty and it's a lot of work for us. We have to charge more. We want to give you a little update right now. It's free of charge. See how you like it. And then moving into next year, you can decide if you want to go to our, our, our three, our three, uh, 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 three services a, a year program. How's that sound? You're not going to charge me? No, nah, this one, I want you to get used to it. We're just, we had downtime. That over a two-year period, A, it leveled out our winter business. B, it got them back. Their cars weren't near as bad. C, we'd still charge the same amount. So we ended up making more money off those. But it took some time to, to work that out and work it into it. Does that make sense? And so key features, I like the, the app. We got so many great software programs now is that if you're not we're using software, get into that because it automates it. It's like having a, a, a full-time assistant for nothing um, or very little, I should say, 100 bucks or so a month. Um, so I hope that helps. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay, good. All right. Very cool. And uh, the other thing is, let me repeat on this. Sometimes just charge them one. You know, the alternative is show them what you've got. Show them your menu. Tell them we'd like to get it to this. This will keep your car better. It makes our work easier. You're not going to spend any more money, really. It's only this much more in a year. And if they decide not to, the next time they come out and their car's that much, they're spending more. You just got to charge more. You got to tell them that. We'd love to see you come back in a little more often. And if not, we just, we got to charge you $100 more. And they either go away or they pay or they, a lot of them, 50% of them came on to a more regular schedule and nowadays it's easier than ever to make that happen cool justin archer doesn't that, he sounds like a country western star or something like that doesn't he sounds like a, it's like yeah yeah yep all right i got two of them here i'm gonna kind of combine one one came in um well it just says facebook user so i don't know exactly who it is but uh the question is winter will be here before we know it thinking outside the box what are some ways to add additional revenue streams and mm. so then in addition to that i think it's kind of related dominic mclean wrote in 
um, is it a good time to get into commercial window tinting? And so I thought the two were kind of related, you know, additional revenue streams. It's a great time to add any services on at any time. So, you know, commercial residential window tinting was my forte. We, we had a really successful business. We started a window tinting company because I love cars and I'd sold my first detailing, little detailing company and got into window tinting because it was a, it was just, it was new. It was coming up as the eighties. And, um, we quickly found out is that I had a, I had some education in construction management. Um, I quickly found out that window tenders were like me. They're car dudes, man. Dude, I don't want to do a house. Dude, I don't want to be a business or in a business. Dude, I don't want to mess with blinds. I don't want to have to, you know, deal with people's furniture and then all this and that. I did. <clears throat> and there is more money in that than you could even shake a stick at on the car side of things. So, Dominic, always a good time to get into anything new, especially that. I think there's a lot, especially knowing where your market is here in Southern California. Uh, it is competitive, but again, as you lock in customers for your, for your detailing, is they're going to trust you, and they all have, they all live somewhere, and they all work somewhere, and you know the film is not understood in a lot of markets. Even you know forty years in, is that a lot of people don't think about film for their homes or their 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 offices, and it's a huge, huge opportunity. We're going to put on a uh, a residential commercial window film class this year, and it just got so. Uh, our schedules got so packed we never did it, but we'd still like to put that on because I still do all my own work. Um, very capable at it, and uh, it's it's a great time. Okay, so winter, new services, new streams of income. You know, um, a couple different things. It's a great time to learn and master skills, but a lot of times people are looking at it as a revenue increase, right? And they might not. You might be newer in your business. You're you know you're a freshman sophomore year. You're 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 one to to seven years into your business and you don't have a lot of money to invest into something like PPF or something like that quite yet. So I'm going to divide this into two. First off, you've got the money. Okay. And you've got the money to invest. And if you're going to get into PPF, you better have a stockpile of money. You got to have a pile of it because you're going to have to go through the right training. And then everybody I'm talking to, that's really good at PPF. You better have 10 to 20 grand of, of, of money that you're going to burn through on the film to get good. Okay. You're going to do that. And so, and why I say it, to go to a good training, go to a training that burns a lot of film that's longer than a couple days is to me, it's got to be as long as this one, five days. You got to burn a lot of film. You got to work on those hard to do and they got to be able to show you. You got to learn that if you if you've even got an interest in doing it, it's not easy. It's not easy work. And so you've got to look at those things. So uh, maybe PPF, maybe you're going to get into windshield repair, which isn't a, a high investment um uh, revenue source windshield repair in some areas isn't some states it's it's free the insurance has got to cover it for one or two chips other states like here it's not and so almost every every vehicle that we get in for training has got a chip on the windshield especially where we're at um, and so that's a great one that's low that's low cost to get into not too hard to figure it out um, you can probably go on and watch some videos it's better to get in-person training uh, for it but uh, you know energizer window uh, uh, Window Tools out of Texas is a great source. Uh, go over and check out Energizer. I'm not sure you're down. They're down in your neck of the woods. If you ever get a chance, go meet them. They're awesome. Um, they've even got an automated system where you can do, uh, I think, two or three cracks at one time with one machine. And it's automated. You set it up, put it over there, boom, hit it, walk away. And all you have to do is come back, scrape it off, level it out, and you're done. And so it, it does everything for you. So the other thing that's more practical even from that. So higher end, you got some dough. You want to get into a really good source. 
winter's a good time because it's slower and you have more time to learn it. So something like window tinting, something like PPF, something like uh, PDR, you can go to mobile tech and go to SEMA, start, start, start networking with the experts. This is a great time to invest in those levels, right? Um, paint chip repair, great time to, 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 to do that. Dr. Color chip, we're going to, we're going to have some interesting news here in the next couple of days, next week uh, on a kit that we just uh, co-developed with them. That's fun. You guys are going to see it this week here. It's sitting in the shop now. Um, but so all those things, it might cost a little more more money to get into it. And if you have it, great. Now, if you don't, and then you're going to go into the simpler things, when window, you know, wind, windshield repair and so forth. Um, and then from there, you come down. We always went after this time of year right now. We're going after new fleet work and we're going after dealership work is that we're in our freshman and sophomore year, that one to that one to seven years is we always try to, even if it was just temporary, the dealerships are not going to be, we had two very committed dealerships that were loyal to us. We kept them our entire time that we owned the shop. We never not stopped doing business with them, but all the other ones is we got busy in spring. We just get busy. We go back to them and fall and say, hey, it's fall again. You guys got any work for us? And they start throwing us stuff because we're good and they, they didn't pay a lot, but it was good cash flow, you know? And then the second thing is don't be afraid to go get a part-time job. Everybody doesn't want to think about that. And so winter's here, and, and I really think out west we're in for a doozy again. You know, we've got a lot of rain this 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 spring, and it's 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 been an unusual year here in California, one of the best markets for detailing there is. And it's been a little slow between – uh, the weather that we've had and the economy starting to affect things is that it's slowed down. We've noticed a downtick. Even, even some industry experts on the side of web stats, uh, you know, Detailers Roadmap, they've shared. They saw August downticked. You know, they saw some things happening. And so is you got to look at that. So don't be afraid. There's the different <clears throat> chapters of, your, of, of where you're at. Also, it's a great time. A lot of people don't know this. Look at your numbers. Review your profit and loss statements. Where are you spending foolish money at? What can you cut back on going into winter? The other thing people do is they look at, okay, I'm going to move into a new shop in fall. Woo, man, taking, taking on, you know, new, new uh, expenses going into slow time. I always, I always looked at expansion in April because I knew it was going to get busier and busier. And so now if, you're a, if your shop's humming and you don't have the problem, whole different story. But for a lot of us, you got to look at your numbers, see where you're at, see what you can cut out. You know, there's a lot of times not what about you make, it's about what you spend. Also a menu redesign is that do you have too, yeah, I got too big of a menu and you got too many things on there. I, I talked to, to somebody at mobile tech this last year and I, he, he brought up his, his menu real quick on his tablet. And it was like looking at a restaurant menu. I mean, there, he had pages. And I'm going, okay, I'm going to pick something out. And I just pointed my finger. I said, that, that item right there. When's the last time you did that and sold that? And he goes, oh, man, I can't even remember. Well, why is it on your menu? Well, people need it. People don't need it. They're not buying it. <laughs> They're not buying it. Why? Okay, this one. When's the last time you did that? Same thing. I haven't done it. Never sold one of those. Why? Why, why is it even there? You can have it on a sub-menu. You can know that you offer it when, the, when, the, when that challenge comes up and sell them on it. It's, it's a line item that you've got, not a menu item. So there's the other thing you got to do is, is, and then your website. This is a great time to take inventory of your website, see how you're doing. Um, don't be afraid to build your own website. It's, it's out, we got a website pro now right here in house is that I don't want to take it, but if you don't have a lot of money, 
you might have to do it yourself. But if you've got some cash flow, Iron a Pro is going to pay dividends. We just had ours redone. We had a we had a website pro here take a look at it and give us compliments. Said it's a nice website, and I'm seeing we are already seeing an uptick in in interest coming in. And so, yeah, it was a big it was a big investment, but we're going to get that investment back, and you've got to look at it that way. So in the wintertime, it's all right now is the time to do it. Don't get slow. Start looking at all these things right now before you get slow. But the easy to pick things, if you need to make some money, is dealerships are always looking for, for work. It's real hard to find it. Um, and, then, uh, and, then, and then other sources, what else is out there? Look at the small dealerships too. There's a lot of, of people that have garages or shops like this that kind of do specialty car sales. Uh, I saw a lot of those when we were in Tennessee. A lot of the small towns we saw. These little dealership, really nice inventory, just 10, 12 cars is, is, is look for those opportunities too. Not the big guys. The big guys are, they're the big guys. You know, I like dealing with the small mom and pops a little better. Hey, I've got a little something to add here. Okay. Um, it's a little bit of a plug too, but it's going to circle back on this very topic and, and also Dominic's question about window tinting and everything else. And I hope Dominic's listening to this. Um, you know, we've got, um next week you know igl is coming out to visit us and they're hosting a, a training for their um for their aegis uh what it, this stuff is a uh it's a it's like a rust is well it's more than that it's an anti-corrosion coating yeah, yeah. anti-corrosion coating it's got so many applications so much cool stuff and this is thinking right outside the box um it's you know it's it's, it, it, it could be used on cars, you know, especially the underside, but it could be used on so many other things, you know, and I know that um, I know that Chris and Mike that are coming out to do the training, you know, like they're meeting with Disney for applications at Disneyland and all sorts of cool stuff. So, you know, Dominic, you're nearby. This might be a cool way to add some 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 great services to your business and expand your businesses beyond the realm of just car detailing. Um Another thing too, you know, I I'm a big fan of of IGL. I like their innovation and I and I like the things they think about and and uh, I know I haven't heard anything on it in a little while, but I know that they are working on a glass coating for commercial purposes for UV rays. You know, essentially the same thing as tint um, to help protect you know to to protect the interior of the buildings from the sun, lower the heat, you know, save money on on energy costs, all that kind of stuff. I don't know what the status is, but I think it would be a good time to get involved with the IGL family. Um, so those opportunities are there down the road for you. Um, you know, you could definitely keep busy doing all sorts of cool glass coatings and window tint any time in the year. It doesn't have to be winter or what. And uh, and I do know from when they were talking about it that that, uh, that glass coating gets applied to the inside, not the outside, which is a big plus. So Huge. And... and Chris, I'm glad you brought this up. This wasn't even planned, but here's the thing with, with Aegis is this is a whole nother industry is if you've got, and, and, and there's no market in the world that doesn't have this forklifts, cranes, anything that's going out that it gets beat up is that a, it's got to stay looking good. B this is going to protect it. C it's going to keep them from having to repaint near as much. Um, it's just, it's going to take the wear and tear of this stuff. That's very expensive to, to take and bring back up to top level. But more importantly is the downtime is locomotives, trains. Is you, you, you look at a train alone and the time that they take it out of service to repaint is this, this industry is going to, it's already there. 
this the, the, the heavy equipment coding industry is there already. This is this is taking a coding specialized company and bringing them into it. And now eventually, th this type of coding is where automotive coatings were um, 15 years ago, almost 20 years ago. Well, it was 20 years ago. We put our first coating on in 2004. So 19 years ago, this is where this is right now. And so look at the people that were really, really um, adopters to coatings and where they're at is they've just taken off, right? This is going to be that level and it takes you into a whole new industry. Add that. Farm equipment. Yep. In the wintertime, farmers are cleaning their equipment. Amen. And he's done tractors and stuff and like that. And, they're, and uh, COVID tractors. And, agriculture. Yeah, agriculture. That's, that's a great point right there. Is it's a huge, you know, these, you look at a farm equip, piece of farm equipment. And, and I remember somebody posting, this was years ago, somebody posting a colobine up, right? And, and, and I'm talking, this is probably 20 years ago on one of the early day forums. And he had, he, he took a, he took a picture of a big, I don't know what they're called, but a big piece of ranch farm equipment. And then there's a Ferrari right next to it. And he says, what would you rather detail? What do you think you can make more money on? And the detailers were, oh man, it's a nice Ferrari. It's a nice Ferrari. You could buy five of those Ferraris for what that thing cost. And the fact was, is that he was was getting, he was he was going up to the Central Valley, California and getting 10 times more to coat the farm equipment than he was a Ferrari. He'd have to do 10 or 15 Ferraris to equal what he was getting on that one project because they're so big and there's so much stuff. That's a great point. I mean, look at that industry. It's 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 everywhere. So they shut down for the winter, right? Yeah. They take, that's where they take care of all their equipment for the, for the spring. Yeah. Yeah. So they shut down the winter. I'm repeating this just in case you guys can't hear it. They shut down for the winter and, and they've got that equipment sitting there in a barn, you know, or in a shop. And, and, and you got to go out and market it. And so the, or the people that go after this early is this is all, this isn't even detailing anymore. This, this, this could be a whole nother division of your company that goes, I mean, okay. Sky cranes, Vegas, those things, they only have so many of them in the world. Right. And when they come down, they've got to take in and, and make them right. You could go in after they, they, they paint them and say, listen, a lot of times it, you can get it tinted. And so you can go in and put this, this coating on and it's tinted. And those that are going to be here, I've gone through the Aegis uh, training. It's amazing. I've got a container and an old uh, horse trailer that they're going to do demos on. And, and I'll tell you, once you see this stuff applied and what it is, it's a game changer. And so that's a great investment right there. I'm glad you made. And this is six. And, and I'm not, listen, we don't even get anything off this. I'm hosting this. I mean, we, it's not that we don't get anything, but, it, it's, it's, you know, we, we've already got a good crowd coming to this, but um, you, you guys, if you're, if you're semi close, if you're within an eight hour drive of this shop and you're not extremely busy next Tuesday and Wednesday, you should <laughs> probably be here because it's going to be, it's not too often that we get these guys coming in and training at this level on real world containers. And we're going to, we're going to do my container in the back of my shop or they're going to do it, you know, and showcase it. I'm going to sit there and take notes. I'm a student. Because I, this is something that I'd like to jump into, uh, looking forward and start another corporation and, and go into this 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 heavy industrial coating side of things. Why not? Yep. Cool. Anyway, just just thought we could make that connection there. So yeah, it's a connection. 
<laughs> All right, let's see. I got a good question here that just came in um, from John Folks, and we're not going to be able to see all of it, so give me a second here. Um, he says, uh, I've been banging my head against the wall trying to figure out how to juggle my Monday through Friday job and my business. I only do my detailing on the weekends, and at one time I was booked eight weeks out, so... If he's just doing it on the weekends, that's what, about 14, 16 days booked out. Right. Um, I'm going to have to hide it to read more. Hold on a second. Um, uh, I couldn't get anyone else to wait for an appointment that long. My business has seemed to die down since, since I've got caught up. Any suggestions on how to pick it back up? John, it's a tough question. And, and it's, it's tough because you've got needs on this hand, you know, of your job and it supports your family and your way of life. And you got wants on this hand of starting a business. And it's a really tough position. Um, one of the guys, this is going back into our arsenal. One of the people we trained years ago, um, they had the same similar situation and it's not ideal is they started out in the garage like many of us do. And what they do is they would offer overnight detailing services to executives at companies. And they specialized in it. So they'd pick up their vehicle when the person got home from work at seven or eight at night. And they'd have it parked back in their driveway by the time they got up in the morning to go to work. So they specialized in overnight services. And then they took the weekend off because they're completely beat because they're working 16, 17 hours a day, you know, five days a week. It's out of the box thinking. It worked for them. Eventually, um, I think they sold their company. I haven't stayed in contact with them, but they moved on to a, to, a, to, a, to a shop. Then they moved on to a bigger shop and they specialized in overnight detail. That was the name of their company. I'm not sure if it's out there anymore or not, but I know they got huge there. I mean, look at the convenience. Okay. I want to look at my wife and my past life as you know, a dad, right? Well, I'm still a dad, but with little kids is that it was really tough for us to give up our vehicles because of just, getting the kids around for school and stuff. If somebody would have offered that to us, it's a, it's a no brainer to take them up on it, you know? And so you could do something like that. The other thing is on the weekends, I mean, you're going to work your ass off one way or the other. It's pick your heart. The other thing is, is to look at your job. Can you give it up and switch to another job that allows you to work? Can you go to night shift at, at, at your job? Is that available? Can you find another with what you do for a living? Is there another company out there that has night shifts? You know, is you got to just switch things up and it's not easy. People are in very impatient, especially if they want coatings or PPF is they're not, they're not going to wait that long, you know, and, and some companies with got a great reputation, they will, because you've got it, you've built your, your reputation up over the years and they're going to wait. But if you're not in that position yet, you've got to build up to that. Unfortunately, it's not easy to do so. And especially, so Bobby, good friend of mine, Bobby Weiner from uh, New Jersey, you know, he was a full-time, he had a full-time career. And, uh, you know, work days and come home at night. And for, you know, six, seven years, man, he, he, he worked nights and he didn't do detail just during the weekends as he did it, you know, three days, three, three or so nights a week, he'd come home from work and then he'd detail. And so he busted his ass. The nice thing is when he did, you know, retire from his career career is he walked right into this. He was, he, 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 he had a better lifestyle and he was still still making solid money. And so, but for many years, God, he he burned it at both, you know, the candle at both at both ends. And so it's not an easy, uh, it's not, a, there's not an easy solution to that. 
Unfortunately, you know, people don't wait. You've got a lot of competition out there that is offering services right now. You know, they're available in the next week or two, the next few days. Uh, we also live it. We, we work in an industry that's got a lot of new people constantly coming in. They're available tomorrow. And so for certain clients, until you get your reputation up, is that, you know, A, if you want to start reengaging your customer, that's the best way. Stay in really good, constant contact with your customers. Most, most detailers are constantly looking for new customers. And that's the wrong thing. You've got their best customers in the world that have already done business with you. And so, A, hopefully you kept all their contact information. Get them a newsletter going. Let them know you're alive and well. Um, and don't lie. Let them know why that you're, you know, why are, you know, if, if, if you got a full time, you can, I'm speaking to the crier right now. Let them know that, you know, hey, I've, I've got a family. Uh, don't be afraid to let them know I've got a family. I've got a full time job. My dream is to own this company. But, you know, I'm a year I'm a year or so out before I go full time into this. And I hope, you know, I hope that we can just keep, you know, hope we can keep you patient, you know, and we we definitely appreciate your patience and your business is be transparent with them that way. Let them know what you're up to. And a lot of times people that get it, I would stick with somebody that was like that. You know, they said, hey, you're four weeks out. Can't get you for another month. I'd be like, oh, damn it. OK, but I like this guy. But you got to communicate what, what you're doing and you're going to get the right customers that way, too. Is if you got somebody, I used to tell people right now, I mean, all I, I, we used to get calls. We never even answered our phones on Sundays. It automatically went to, to voicemail. But we would get people that would call us and leave a voicemail. Yeah, hey, it's Sunday. I'm really disappointed you're not open. I need my car detailed right now. Not my customer anyway. I call them back and I just say, you know, hey, I just want to see if you got your detail needs. Yeah, you guys weren't open. Why won't you open on Sundays? Because I'm a family and we're not open on Sundays. You know, that's our family day. Oh, well, you really should open up on Sundays. And I said, well, do you work on Sundays? No. Okay, we don't either. You know, goodbye. You know, I was nice, but we got our point across. Uh, so I hope that helps. There's no easy solution to it. It's, it's a hard position to be in. Um, I decided to go part-time work when I was in that position. Um, and uh, my wife, um, for three years, is our, our solution to that was, is I would, uh, I would detail during the day, during the busy season, um, and I'd get home, I'd leave at, I was out the door at 645, 7 o'clock, and I just told my customers that we start early, we were busy. And so we'd get to a customer's place, or, or when we did open our shop up, we'd have them, we'd take the cars in the night before a lot of times. And I, I would take and get there, do the work, and I had to be home by 4, because she had to go to her night job waiting tables by 415. And so we did that rotation. And, and during the wintertime, the first winter, I sold nuts and bolts at a hardware store. It, it was humiliating. Honestly, at first, and then I got my head right. And I was like, man, I'm doing this with a bigger image, you know, a bigger dream. And I got to help this guy hire me out at 2 or $3 an hour more than what he wanted to pay because of my skill set. Hey, I got to give him the best. He's paying me. He's paying me good money. And I worked my ass off after I got my head right. And I said, this isn't forever, but for him, this is forever. He hired me to do a job I'm not doing. I've got the wrong attitude. This man's into this for a lifetime. This is a part-time thing for me. I can't screw this up for this man. I got to do, guess what? I helped him really reorganize his business a little bit over those couple of years, over those couple of winters. And when, when he sold the business, he gave me a little bite of it. I hadn't worked for him for a couple of years. He remembered that I gave him my best. And he probably saw that I had a stinking attitude the first couple of weeks. I, it was so bad. I was so... I had such a horrible attitude. I'd go hide out in the bathroom for five or 10 minutes, a couple times a day. 
And I came out one day and I looked at him and he had a big smile on his face. And the next day I looked at him and he had a big smile on his face. And the next day I looked at him and I had a big smile on his face. I said, this dude loves what he does. He loves his customers. What the fuck am I doing? I could, I could screw this up for this dude. And I got my head right and it became a great friendship. And I loved going there. I was a customer to him. And then, I, then a couple of years later, I couldn't do that anymore full time and give him my best. And I went and I started teaching skiing in the morning. And I go detail in the afternoon. And then finally, I gave that up. My wife, she'd bring the kids by the shop. I got the shop. The kids got little hands. They'd clean wheels. Got them involved in the company. They, it was fun for them. They weren't actually doing details. But I engaged the kids for that last hour or so. You know, we have, I had their bikes out there. They could go right around the shop. You know, it was, I got so many funny stories I could share at that time. Such an awesome time. And so, you know, just get creative, man. Just get creative. Tough position. But you got to choose your tough. Being broke's tough. Becoming wealthy is tough. Which tough are you going to face? Facing every day, facing the struggles is tough. Uh, being happy. It's, it's a lot easier to be happy than it is to be miserable. It's a lot easier to put a smile on your face than other people's than to put a frown. A lot easier. It's a decision. And Bobby, man, bless your heart, Bobby. For your, he's one of the founders of the mafia. Um, man, I didn't realize what he was going through at the time. And this guy was a top-level professional. I'm not going to say what he did because it's, you know, it's his, his private business. But um, he, he had reached the top, the pinnacle of what he did for a living. And here he is just busting his ass like that. He just sold a shop, but he's still staying in the industry in a very big way. And he's one of the founders of the group, one of my best friends. And I didn't realize until we had dinner conversations much later into it of how hard he worked to make it work. There it is. There's a dead fly. <laughs> There's a dead fly. <laughs> I wish this one would get killed. Uh, well, um, I got, I got one more if you got time for it. I got, we got time. We got time. I think this is pretty good. Cool. Let's do All one right. more. One more. This was a, the other one from Robert Carroll. Um, Robert's out in Indianapolis, Indiana, by the way, it says I share shop space in a mechanic shop, but it's too dusty and dark uh, for exterior details um, or tint or PPF thoughts on getting my own shop. And I kind of know the, I kind of know where you're going to go on this. I know but. where I'm going on this, you know, is that when you have a minimum of six months of business income and personal income to cover your bills, preferably 12 months. So let's just say that your combined, your combined bills through your business and your, and your, and your, and your home life is 10 grand a month. I'm just going to lay it out there for a lot that people are going, oh, you know, gosh, dang it. It's a lot of money. Right. But let's say it's 10 grand a month, 120,000. You need to have yet. You need to have a. You need to have sixty to one hundred fifty thousand bucks in the bank, because it's going to cost you a lot more than what you thought. Especially this time of year to move. You're going in the slow season, especially in Indy. You're going in the winter. There's so many things. Now, I happen to know Robert. Hey, know you. Hi, how are you? Um, thanks for the good question. But I have a buddy of mine, Rod Leitner, that that was uh, one of the mafia founders too back in the day. Um, he started up. He's no longer in any Indy area. But here's the thing that he did is that he, you, you've got a class of customer there that he placed his shop near all of the race shops. And he had no 
there was no um he never had a slow time once he made himself aware or uh, aware within those circles and people knew who he was and they saw the quality of work he did he was busy year round and so if you're going to move in the shop a you got to have the money now a lot of people say man i don't have that kind of money then you don't move because it's too risky you risk everything uh, and why I know that so well is I made that mistake early in my career when I was really young. I got in the shop and had no business doing it. And I, I, I got in and there was a corrupt management company that ran it. And man, they saw the writing on the wall. I mean, now I look back and I wouldn't have got, I, w- I wouldn't have had the issues I had because I could have worked navigating my way through. But the biggest chief reason that I had a hardship was I didn't have enough money because I didn't have enough backing me up to feel secure. So now I'm a risk taker. As, as I look at new opportunities, and I've never been fearful of jumping into one. I've always reasoned with it. Matter of fact, i got to slow myself down. Is I'll jump. I'll go. I just balls of the walls. Not foolishly. But now I've learned through the years is that Chris came across it. You know, um, <laughs> um, even when I met my wife, I had a pros and cons list. <laughs> I did. And Chris yeah. just found it on accident going through things. Is that, I mean, that's going back 30 years. And you, I just you, gotta, said, you, gotta, you gotta frame that and hang it up on the wall, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, and there's a lot more pros, by the way. There's, there were. There's a lot of pros. And, and so that's how analytical I've been about my life because I didn't have a choice. I wasn't born into money. Everything that I've, that I've got right now came from hard work. And most of it came from detailing. And so do I love this industry? I get emotional on how much I love this industry because it made me who I am. There's times I hated it, but I never said that out loud. Said that in here, never here because what comes out of here becomes your reality. Okay. So I was young. I made a foolish move. If I would have had knowledge and I would have went to the right mentors, I had plenty of them. I was, but right after that, after that, and, and I listen, all they tried to do was I got a little behind in rent during the slow season, like like a month, two months. It wasn't much. They tried to kick me out and get me for the whole lease. The whole place was leased out. Well, they're going to double dip. They're going to kick me out because I was late and then release it and then fight me in court for the rest of the money. They got double paid. Win-win. And I was smart enough to look through my lease, and I had 90 days. They couldn't kick me out. I wasn't 90 days behind. So I went back to him and argued and this and that and was able to scrape up the money and made it, right? And I got through it, but it caused a lot of stress and a lot of heartache, and it was, it didn't need to happen. And I had a lot of late payments that they added onto it, rightfully so. I ended up paying like a whole extra month in late payments for that one year. And so when the lease, I had a one-year lease with a two-year option, and I decided to get out. I went back mobile and detailing. And the reason why I did that is because I wasn't ready and I knew it. And so what I did, Robert, is I went back in those next two years is I stockpiled money. I took 20% out of every single job. For every $100, $20 went into savings. And before I knew it, I had $10,000 in the bank. And the next thing I knew, I had twenty five grand, And then I had hundred grand, And then I moved into a shop. And, and there's how you look at it. So you get by. The other thing is home shops. Don't be afraid to move at home. So in between when I moved out of that shop, when I did come out of there, is I turned, I had a tight two-car garage, and I turned it into a one-car shop. People loved it. That I've done that. This is, my house is right there. 
it's 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 i don't know how many feet 60 feet from us my dogs come out and visit these guys it's a very family environment i'm not i love it i I wouldn't want my shop a mile away i want it right here i in idaho i had a shop at home freaking loved it my first one then i had a second one my kids were little I, i i built a house and i had a shop built on the back of my property nothing like this is about it was a two and a half car garage you know but i loved it i could fit a car in there and i went back to my roots and my customers loved it don't be afraid to do that move it home Just, don't don't tell anybody right and and i shouldn't say that but when you're just starting out shit microsoft was start, started in a garage you know i'm not telling you to build a multi-million dollar freaking detailing business and and go through three three thousand gallons of water wastewater every month and dump it in your neighborhood that no just saying if you can squeak by and you can do it ethically and morally correctly sneak by it's sad you got to qualify everything these days <laughs> now these trolls come out of nowhere and take screenshots and turn it into something that you didn't say so hey i hope that helps i love these things man i love these open q a's we got to do this more and uh, so, hey, the biggest thing, a lot of hellos. I, I, I can't read through it right now, but geez. Um, hey, that I love that one, the top one. Staying strong and positive will get us through it. Amen. A freaking men. Listen, what you, the biggest, the biggest, the, the biggest positive you have is this and this. The biggest, the, what will take, what will make you is, is, is this. What will break you is this and this and this is I'm going to share it because I don't have the story right, but maybe by the next podcast, I'll have it right. The story of the, the, the lion, the fox and the donkey. Should I try to say it right now since I mentioned it? <laughs> okay. So um, the lion went to the fox and said, Fox, I want you to go to the donkey. I'm hungry. I want you to bring him to me and I'm going to eat him. So the fox goes to the donkey and says, listen, the lion wants you to make you the king of this area. He wants to crown you. Donkey goes, man, you ever heard this? And he goes, man, I, I don't know, dude. You're taking me to a lion. And he goes, no, no, no. The lion's going to make you the king. And so the donkey goes, okay, you're sure? And he goes, the fox says, yeah. Falls him over there. He gets over to the lion. The lion chews off the ears. His tail. Donkey. Donkey escapes. So the lion says to the fox, you got to bring him back. I'm still hungry. And so goes back. The fox goes back to the to the donkey, and uh, he says, "Hey, man, you got a lion. He, he wants to make you the king." He goes, "No, he tried to eat me. I don't have any ears. I don't have a tail." And he goes, "No, no, no. He just chewed your ears off so you could put the crown on top of your head. Chewed your tail off so you could sit on a throne. Got to come back. You're ready for the throne." Donkey goes, "Wow, really?" So he goes back, right? And the freaking lion kills the donkey. Kills him. So the lion looks at, at, at the fox and says, hey, I want you to take and skin the donkey, and I want you to bring me his heart, his lungs, and his brain to eat. So the fox goes back, and he skins the donkey, and he eats, the, he eats his brain. So he brings back, you know, the rest of him, and the lion goes, well, hold on. His brain's missing. And he goes, Gee, how st- did you see how stupid that donkey was? He didn't have a brain. Got to be real careful who you listen to. Because sometimes they'll treat you like you don't have a brain. And the next thing you know is you're eating alive. Okay? So make sure you're getting your knowledge from somebody that's been there, done that. So don't know if I got that story completely straight. But moral of the story is, is uh, don't get your ass eaten by a lion. You know? 
is that uh, they'll eat you alive. Sound good? There you go. Well, hey, you told it well. <laughs> good. Uh, yeah, good. I, I don't know if that's how it went, but I read that uh, not too long ago, and I thought that's kind of cool. And so I, I don't know why I even thought of it right now, but it's because I want to kill this fly. Um, <laughs> hey, go out and have a powerful rest of the week. Uh, today's Wednesday. If you want to come out to the IGL event, get a hold of us. We'll line you up. It goes all through IGL. I can't wait to get them there. They're going to be setting up the shop next Monday. Um, it's going to be 100% hands-on, and uh, it's a whole nother level, 600 bucks for your future. Uh, it's, I mean, that's almost, give, they're, they're going to have more than that and to bring their instructors out, you know, it's going to cost them more than that. So it's going to oh, be yeah. a great, yeah. it's going to be a great class. And for there's, sure. a, there's a lot of opportunity in it. Uh, I just heard these guys, they're going to stay from Canada. They're going to stay over the weekend party with us and then go to the training. So uh, anyway, hey guys, <laughs> they're looking at each other like what? Uh, all right, guys. Hey, have a great, powerful week. Uh, Chris, we'll see you up here this afternoon. We'll yep. see you all next time. We'll see you all. Thanks for listening to the Rennie Doyle podcast brought to you by Detailing Success and PNS Double Black. Listen to new episodes weekly and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And don't forget to share with your friends and colleagues. 